WSC FM Columbia. Got kind of a weird start today. You're like, where's the music? Why doesn't he start with music? We're going to start a little differently. Uh, today is going to be the uh, the last show that I'm going to do here at the station for quite a while. Um, good news, bad news. Uh, good news is I'm graduating. I just finished up my last semester uh, here at the station at... Uh, for the fall, and uh, which is good for me, but uh, bad for us because unfortunately uh, there are some um, COVID restrictions in that that say that um, uh, alumni DJs cannot uh, have shows for the spring. Uh, at least that's the rules of right now. Hopefully that's going to change in the summer. Uh, so this is going to be my last one um, until probably this summer. I'm going to work out ways to try to do it from home if I can, but um, I've got a good one. I'm not going to waste too much time talking because I've got a jam-packed show. We're going to go out well. Uh, today's show is going to focus entirely on uh, local talent, and we have a lot of it here. Um, uh, we're going to kick things off with an hour-long uh, part one uh, of an interview with Corey Davis. Uh, for you Columbia folks, you probably know who he is. He actually has been in here for interviews before, but he is the, uh, the founder of Rock Bottom Studios, which is uh, very soon going to be churning out uh, a lot of product, and he's going to be all over your television and all over uh, major networks. And uh, he's got a lot of good things in the pipeline coming up, and, and I'm actually involved in a couple of them. And uh, we talked a little bit about that in the interview. Um, the interview actually is the whole thing is about three hours long, obviously longer than I can fit into the show. So what you're about to hear is, you know, we sat down at his house, uh, had a few drinks, more than a few drinks, talked for a good three hours, and I'm chopping up into two, maybe three pieces three parts, and what you're about to hear is the first hour of that. So in the next hour, uh, we're going to get into everything from uh, our childhoods, mostly his childhood, our, both of our love of nostalgia, uh, horror, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, we talk about yeast rolls. At some point, we go off on moonshine. Uh, a lot of topics are covered. And in the next two parts, we're going to get re- into the nitty-gritty, really, of his of his career and what's actually coming up in terms of his output. Uh, this is sort of just the setup to that, so for the first hour. And then the second half of the show, we're going to have a Words of Wisdom of Uncle Charlie, and then we're going to have, uh, we're going to spend the second half actually uh, focusing on other Columbia towns 
talent uh, across music and film. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some Columbia filmmakers, uh, one of which that I've been involved with, and then also uh, uh, finish up at the very end with a musical set of a lot of the uh, sort of goth and experimental and metal acts that are here in Columbia. So. It's all going to be a full local show today. Uh, it's 299 days until Halloween. Uh, sit down, have a drink or three. Uh, I think we may have had more than a few uh, during the interview. I'll come back with you guys in after about an hour or so. Uh, we'll talk a little bit with Dora Words of Wisdom. We'll come back, we'll do some music, and we'll uh, get things pretty spooky here on Dark Entries Goth Radio as we do. I'm DJ D, 90.5 WSCFM, Columbia is what you're listening to. 299 days until Halloween. Uh, enjoy this hour of my chat with Columbia's own Corey Davis. Here we go. Okay, so I'm here with the the man, the legend. Uh, women want him. When men want to be him. Making more, more women weak in the knees and arthritis. <laughs> Corey, you rock bottom, Davis. Whiskey's flowing and uh, good oh, times yeah. are having, so uh, we're, we're here for the interview. And uh, this, you were showing me the, uh, the, uh, the drawing board that you use yeah. you know, to, to make legendary product. So uh, it reminded me that when I was a kid, my dad worked for the advertising company that did all the advertising for Quincy Steakhouses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he worked in advertising then. So they were called Henderson Advertising. They're not around anymore, but anyway, this is in Greenville. Mm-hmm. So he would take me to work with him all the time, and I would hang out with the artists. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you remember or not, but the old commercials, they had this animated thing of the Big Fat Yeast Rolls. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I would hang out with the guys that like invented the Big Fat Yeast Rolls. Oh, oh man, I am so jealous. Yeah, <laughs> it's an oddly specific, a very South Carolina specific thing to be jealous of. Right, <laughs> For 30 people in South Carolina, they're going to think it's cool. So, uh, anyway... Um, <laughs> he got to hang out with the guys that made an animated cartoon <laughs> role for a, a gosh darn steak hat. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'd hang out with the guys that like invented the big fat yeast roll, and they would give me like like I was like ten, so they would give me like you know beginner art lessons and stuff, which already was you know I was already like drawing and competitions and stuff for school, right was already like you know pretty artistic, but like. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they would give me like a lessons, a simple lessons on like anatomy and proportion and everything Sweet. for people, not yeast rolls. Yeah, but, but, but then also like <laughs> also how it worked either way. Exactly, <laughs> pretty straightforward. So uh, that was really rad, and that was just uh, when I went in there and I saw it, it took me right back. I'm like, oh god, I'm like ten years old again, I'm hanging out with like a pro artist giving me lessons Man. again. You know, so yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the, the the why it was it's it's so uh, significant for me, other than just the. Uh, being in the realm of nostalgia as far as uh, Quincy's um, and the fact that Quincy's is no longer around, at least here in Columbia. I think there's like two left in the whole country. Yeah. Oh, They're nowhere yeah. around here at all. Yeah. Man, man, I, I, yeah. I would go, like, like on my, in my travels, like going to um, cons or, or just different cities for business, I would see one, like in the middle, like in the heart mm-hmm. of everything. I'm just like, yeah. man, and, and it would take me back. And, and, and the reason that it uh, it holds a, a significant spot for me is I remember those ads that you just yeah the big fat yeast roll yeah and yeah singing and, and doing the thing and I as far back as I can remember um, even as a kid um, I would dissect animation of all kinds from Hanna Barbera when like my peers are watching uh, we watch Scooby-Doo, Speed Racer, anything that was popping at that time, they're looking at it from the mind of any normal child of that age, 
like, okay, I want to, I'm, I'm watching the show, I'm loving the show, I want to go buy the lunchbox, t-shirts, video games, action figures, all that shit. Yeah. I'm sitting there, like, dissecting it, like, how do they make these people, how do they make these drawings move? You know, and, and I'm dissecting it from an artistic standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it was for me when it came to that particular commercial or any type of commercial that had any animation in it. And so I remember that one in particular. So when you brought it up, I was just like, yeah, I remember dissecting this commercial as well. Because if I'm not mistaken, they had one that was kind of live action and animation. If I'm not I think mistaken. so. I think there was maybe like a stop motion thing or something, or like yeah. like a claymation right. or something. Yeah, right. So I could be wrong. But yeah. yeah. But but as a kid, like that always fascinated me because like they would have like the the cat food commercials with Garfield on it. The 2D animation, and he's talking to like a live actor playing John, stuff like that. And just to kind of bring it, like, I don't know if full circle would be like the proper term to use, but when I got older, one of my first jobs was at Quincy's. (laughs) And I got like free yeast rolls to take home. Oh man, yeah, the yeast rolls. At the end of the night, I was like, man, I'm just gonna go home and just be this fat bastard rolling around in yeast rolls yep honey butter yeah <laughs> god damn yeah we ate there all the time because my, you know, my dad worked for the advertising company that did their ads and so part of his job was he had to go into a local location and uh, actually pick out hand pick out uh-huh. the yeast rolls that were used for the ad campaigns oh man really so he would you know call them ahead of time and that and they would have to have whole batch laid out for him and he would just like a king would have to come in and like you know pick the, only the nicest ones and have them like carefully put that up in a basket for him and stuff oh, and then he had to take it back to the office and then of course they shellac it and do whatever they have to do with photography oh. and then those were the ones that would be used in like billboard ads and magazine ads and all that oh man so that was part of, part of his job he did a million things there but that was like one thing he had to do so yeah. as a result he was hooked up all the time with like you know uh, gift cards and coupons and you know free meals right. and stuff right. so we ate there all the time you oh, know man. for like like pretty much nothing, you know. I, I so, ran, yeah. I ran the salad bar. <laughs> that was my, yeah. and I'm just like, I mean, I wasn't a small dude back then, <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, you put me in charge of the one bar I ain't going to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but but yeah, I, I remember those days, man. The yeast rolls were just like perfection. Yeah, that's things are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> So welcome back to Yeast Roll Talk. Uh, <laughs> Quincy's Radio. Exactly. <laughs> We've given them more advertising than they've had in years. Oh, man, yeah. For a franchise that's no longer in the city. Exactly. <laughs> I remember trying to dissect a little bit also animation as a kid. Oh, yeah. And this kind of also ties into nostalgia in a way because at the time that all this was happening that we're talking about, uh-huh. my dad and my stepmother were living in a specific apartment complex up in Greenville. You uh-huh. know, my parents were divorced, so I'd go see my dad every other weekend right. and stay with them. Mm-hmm. And I now live in that same apartment complex. <laughs> I moved back there like two years ago. Right, right. And I don't live in the same unit, yeah. but they all look alike. Right. And mine's laid out exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. Every single day to this day that I walk in there is like this time warp where it's Man. like I'm back in my childhood home. You know, I got my furniture laid out exactly the same way. My recliners are in the same spots. Man. I've got wall art in the same spot where he had his intentionally. Yeah. The room that would have been my old bedroom is now my office. And back in the day, I had a, uh, a Masters of the Universe poster in that spare bedroom, oh, and uh, that was his. That was like a spare room they didn't use, but there was a there was like it was quote unquote my bedroom because it was one I used when I came over, yeah. and it was where like my uh, they had like a bed on there obviously, 
and like my stepmother was really into Cabbage Patch dolls oh, and she had yeah. where she kept all hers and unfortunately they all faced the bed so it freaked me the hell out <laughs> so I sat there all night with Cabbage Patch dolls staring at me so um Anyway, uh, but he would let me decorate it a little bit, and I had one Masters of the Universe poster right. in a f- specific spot on the wall. Yeah. Well, guess what's in my office right now on the wall <laughs> in that same spot, <laughs> frame, the exact same poster. And so, was, it, was it the one yeah. that was like the checklist that had like every... No, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, no, I know one, what you're talking about. That's the one I had. Yeah, no, no. This one was, it was like the, that playset that nobody has, the really nice expensive one. Right. It's like the Eternia playset or something with like the, the, oh, the, yeah. the monorail thing going around it or whatever the hell yeah, it was. Like, so that was like front and center, but it was just this war of like all the characters against each other. Like right. That was the poster. I, I remember that poster. Yeah. I had that poster, yeah. um, I think that was like 87 when I had yeah. that poster. Yeah, so that's framed in my office right now. Man, that's um, crazy. And it's dead center um, in the middle of all my celebrity autographs. So on that wall, that's like almost all of like every horror celebrity I've met yeah, with their autograph pictures and stuff like that. So it's the whole wall of that. I'll show you, I took pictures, I'll show you pictures of it sometime. Yeah, it's, but, it, it's, it's insane how, how, how that works because the house that I'm in now, um, well, where the, just if you just take a look around you like right now, this is where I grew up in Maryland when I, when wow. I lived in Maryland. Like mm-hmm. this house is the exact layout nice. of wow. that same house. Yeah. The only difference is that everything is in reverse. Mm. Like that fireplace, like where that is, would have been here on this wall behind yeah. me. And the 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 entire house, like almost. The only difference is. Um, there's no patio back here with the sliding door. There's just a door that opens. But this entire house, and 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 I remember moving in here. When we got here, I was just like, man, this is the, like, I, I always say that that was the happiest place that I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. I just loved Maryland, everything about Maryland. And that house and, and my siblings growing up, we, we, I mean... Really, it's cool. Oh yeah, I've been there once, and it's really cool. I oh man, I love it. Yeah, and and there's so many memories. My love for seafood came from there. My love for beer came from there. (laughs) I mean, everything that was was that would be a staple in my life going forward has come from that place. And to have this house that is almost an exact replica of the house that I grew up in there is just mind-blowing and, and five-year-old me is just like coming out every time I wake up and just walk through the house yeah, yeah, yeah. until my daughter wakes up and she <laughs> reminds me that <laughs> this is very much 2020. <laughs> <laughs> you started, you're like, you thought this was your house. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, that's cool that she's going to have the memories that she's going to have. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen your office. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty rad office to go play in. It. Uh, you know. yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is a pretty nice place. So, yeah. uh, it's, it's, like, I'm hugely nostalgic. Me too. Like, it just drives such a big part of my life, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, um, I'm stuck in like 1985 and going nowhere fast. You know? <laughs> I think, I think the older I get, the more I like yeah. crave that, you know? Yeah. And it, it makes me always wonder, like, wow, like, it's so weird that, like, this is the time. Mm. Right now, right. that kids are going to be craving. Right. 
Like, if you look back in 2020 was the greatest years of your life, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you're like eight years old right now, I'm sorry, man. But you, but you probably don't know. I mean, all you know is like you you got to get on the computer and go to school, right? Like, it's gonna be so so surreal to me to know that like somebody's gonna be looking back on this in 20 years, going like, oh man, that was the time. Like, you know, like yeah, it's 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 insane. I'm just like, man, those poor bastards. <laughs> oh, they're gonna they're yeah. gonna grow up like I I like I think at eighty five. Yeah. And and that's the year that I, I've like felt like, like I've been watching horror. That was the year. Before, but that was the year. Eighty five was the year. Yeah, eighty five was the year. Well, technically yeah. for me, eighty four was the year yeah, because yeah. everything in eighties pop culture just kind of grew from that year yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. like took off. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like pretty much like solidified that decade mm-hmm. of pop culture mm-hmm. in the history books. Like, yeah, like yeah. it was just like insane. But then eighty five, I mean that's when I really fell in love with horror movies. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. that's when I saw um boobs in, in movies for the first time with Apollonia and Purple Rain. Purifying herself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. So, I, got, I, I got a confession. No, <laughs> I got it. it. It physically hurts me to say this, and it's going to hurt you more to hear it. I, I, I get close to Mike. Yeah, I've never seen Purple Rain. <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh, I never knew that. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Well, I just ruined. <laughs> Probably one of the best scenes. I didn't even know there was nudity in Purple Rain. Oh, oh man, it's Prince. No, I thought it was like. Why, why, why would I have to be surprised? I honestly thought it was like PG thirteen or something. I thought it was like, but then like, oh, man. do you not know what this movie's about? <laughs> I mean, it's Prince. I mean, this yeah. is a, a guy who performed with his ass out for like two yeah. hours. <laughs> the, the, the man made cream for God's sake. <laughs> even when I was a kid, I knew cream was dirty. <laughs> right. I was like, he's naked. <laughs> He's in a bathtub. <laughs> oh, but yeah, eighty-five yeah. was just like, you know, I, that's that's when I fell in love with with horror. Um, the, at this point, my 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 parents were divorced as well, and hmm. um, my mom and I. Well, eighty-four, we we moved back here from Maryland. I was pretty much raised between here and D.C. because my dad was a Secret Service agent, so he had to follow the president. Oh, shut up. Oh man, serious. He he was uh, from Reagan through Clinton. My dad was in the Secret Service. Uh, George Herbert Bush. He um, when he was in office for those four years, my dad was relocated to Atlanta um, on the Treasury Division. That's really what got him in there yeah. to begin with, because he graduated uh, college as an uh, economics major. Mm-hmm. So he actually went into the Secret Service, um, I think, to work in the Treasury Mm -hmm. and then went on to White House duty from there. And then he spent four years while um, George Sr. was in office back in Treasury in Atlanta. Um, And then when Clinton took office, he went back. And he was going to ride out Clinton's term and then retire, but mysteriously he retired when the Lewinsky thing went down. 
So that looks so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that, but it, 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 it did look rather suspicious to me. But uh, of course, I can't ask me anything. But yeah. My dad's are <laughs> around with yeast rolls. Yours is Jack Bauer, for God's sake. <laughs> but, but, yeah, was but, your mom a surgeon, too? No, like, what you, like, no we weren't. We why weren't, is your family so much cooler than mine? <laughs> no, we weren't full Cosby show. <laughs> but we were close enough, man. Was she a lawyer? No. How hot is your sister? <laughs> Sisters. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but but eighty five. Like, if you tell me right now, you know Lisa Bonet. We're cutting oh, this off right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know your love for Lisa Bonet. <laughs> I will end the interview in a second over over Denise Huxtable. I'll tell you that right now. As you should. Yeah, I, I share that love. <laughs> but yeah, but it, it was that year. Like my my um. I, my mom gave me a little bit more leeway than my dad did. Like no. my dad was just kind of like. Straight and narrow type stuff. He tried to keep me, you know, within the realm of um, things that were within my age range. He always uh, tried to, you know, push me to read more books outside of comic books. Uh, read Moby Dick and, and read uh, all this stuff and, and all this stuff. And, and I'm just like, yeah. And I mean, I would read it, but then I would come to appreciate it a lot more later. But I, I'm reading. I'm just saying. I don't want to read this. Shit. <laughs> I want to know what what's going on with Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah. But but I mean, it, I appreciated it. Like I said later, my my dad pushing me into um, literature outside of you know what what I was known you know addicted to when it came to comic books. My mom, like I said, just not to say that she let me do whatever the hell I wanted because I mean, my mom is my mom, and, and she had played. You know, so, mm -hmm. I mean, she was the disciplinarian when it came to me, you know. My dad never would discipline me. He did all my other siblings, but well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, he actually loved me for some mm. reason. <laughs> my dad was quietly terrifying. Oh, yeah. I never once ever remember my dad ever laying a hand on me, but he didn't have to. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I was just yeah. terrified. I mean, I respected him. I mean, you know, we got along great. Yeah. You know, it's not like he beat me or anything, but, like, yeah. I, but he, he, yeah, yeah. he just had to mm. sort of imply yeah, that, you know, and that's all I needed. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's how it was yeah. with my dad. But my, yeah. my mom, like you know, she would put hands on you. If yeah, all my dad, my mom be living daylights out of And and in hindsight, as she mm -hmm. should, mm -hmm. you know, because I I, I I I was not the model child. Yeah, but she, but 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 the point I'm making is, she would let me get away with a lot more stuff in the realm of what I could watch. Or she she was a huge horror buff, like and and still is. Like she had back then, she had a collection of every Stephen King novel, like ever. Mm -hmm. Because it, like back then, this is the eighties, and Stephen King is like still cranking out work. Oh yeah, yeah. And if it was new, yeah, he's popped up on that booger sugar. He was oh, oh, yeah. out every <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and every time he dropped something, my mom had it, and my mom. <clears throat> It's like a connoisseur of horror movies from, I mean, I would be, I remember being five years old, six years old, and I mean, sometimes I think she would, you know, think I was asleep on the couch or whatever, and, you know, my sister and her, they're watching like Last House on the Left. 
Oh, wow. And um, I That's not messing around. <laughs> oh, yeah. My last house on the left, I spit on your green. Oh, yeah. Prowler, yeah. Yes. Ripper. Uh, all of this stuff yeah. that you can just rent from, yeah. and, and like at a time, like when our VCR would go out, like back then, you could rent VCRs from Kroger, yep. and they had the the videos, like yep. they had the cassettes, and she would go and she rent a VCR for the weekend, and, and we would watch a uh, Basket Case. Basket Case. Oh man, it, I mean the, the list goes on. Basket Case, uh, of course, Friday the Thirteenth, all the yeah, staples yeah. in, in yeah, yeah, yeah. but but then like the all the B stuff that that you know you can only see like at a drive-in. Something. Wow! Yeah. But like, I was introduced to all of that at that age, so my love for horror just kind of started there with my mom, just watching a whole bunch of stuff that I probably shouldn't have been watching wow, at that yeah. age. Man, like yeah. I saw, and these are not like the remakes now. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm like the original 1970s, like Last House on the Left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Was was this Maryland or D or no? This was here. This is here. So did they have? Because um, in the upstate, I think this was a universal thing at the time. I think this is all over the country, mm-hmm. or at least a southern thing, at least. Yeah. Um, did you have like a proliferation? There was this thing that happened in the mid to late eighties mm-hmm. and even into into the nineties mm-hmm. of um, video store slash tanning booths. Standing salons. I don't know what that was. Why tanning salons specifically? But everybody was getting into the video rental game and like tanning salons, grocery stores. You get out in a grocery store, they're renting videos out now. Like everybody was trying to get in on this, but for some reason, tanning salons specifically. I. It's funny you bring yeah. that up because the only ones that I had ever seen in that capacity were in DC. Which yeah, makes a lot of yeah. sense, but I, I, those are the only ones I'd ever seen like that because I remember being. I'm trying to remember what the store was. I, I know they had arrows and all that stuff up yeah. in, in DC area as far as video rental places, but I remember being in one of these places with my dad, and, and we were going to rent movies. Um, one summer and we go in there and there's like all the movies and then you get to a certain point where you look at the shelves and then there's like a row of suntan lotion <laughs> or, or, or tanning lotion yeah, at yeah. the top of the shelf yeah, with yeah, all these yeah. movies and I'm just like man what the heck why, why, what is that what was the connection between like I'm gonna get a, a base coat and get three men and a baby like I don't know who put these two things together but it was this universal thing everybody collectively decided this is gonna right. be the thing yeah, cause uh, there were like I don't know two, what that was and yeah. there was like two doors in the back there was the one door that had the curtain so you know that that yeah. was where the videos were that yeah. I wasn't supposed to be looking at. Yeah, that's and where your dad went, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the other door had a hallway, and, and at the time, I mean, it didn't hit me until, like, maybe later on that that's, you know, that hall had, like, the tanning booths. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, yeah, I, 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 I understand. What, <laughs> I understand very, very, very well. That those uh, those two things came together, <laughs> and how weird it was to even or even now to think like, what does one have to do with the other? Yeah, you know what I mean. To where they built an entire business around it. You mm. know, I don't know, but yeah, uh, I, I guess they thought about you know, people would say the same thing about chicken and waffles until like people started eating them together. So. <laughs> I, would you, the first time I ever had that was just like 
a couple of years ago. Oh, I really? think it was. Yeah, I can't remember where it went. Where was I? Where the hell was I? I was doing that. Mm-hmm. It's like a, it was a brunch place or something. I don't know. Yeah. But somebody taught me to go into brunch, or whatever. And I, yeah. I was like, I've, I've been hearing about this for years. Apparently, yeah. this is good. I, I got you know I, I lived in England for a little bit, so I got I, I got uh-huh. used to eating like waffles for dinner. Oh right, which happens right. all the time. You know, mm-hmm. waffles and beans and toast and everything. You know, mm-hmm. so I got used to funky combinations. And I kind of right. got hooked on that. So I was like, oh yeah, waffles for dinner. That's it. of course. You know, it's no problem. Right. But then like fried chicken with it, like what is <laughs> and honey, like what is this? You know, right. and, and, like I, yeah. But then like you, you don't think you're gonna like it until you get into it, and then you're yeah. like. This is what I've been missing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? No like, wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a regional thing for a while. Yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. you know, it just kind of caught on, and yeah. now everybody's got it. Yeah. You know? So it, it's it's weird, you know? But, I mean, it's, it's weird that it caught on like that, but I love I love the combination now. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, you're, you're the whole thing about the movies, uh, that that's really close to like my childhood too, in a way. Yeah. My mom was never much into that. Um, mm-hmm. that the hard horror stuff, she likes thrillers and that, you know, but, um, and she read some Stephen King and like John Saul and all that back in the day. Mm-hmm. But, um, where I saw most of my horror was either with my dad or, uh, with my older cousin, like an older cousin that exposed yeah. me to everything. And I don't have any siblings. So he was like the closest thing to a brother that I ever had, you know? Right. And his parents were just total free reign. He could see anything he wanted anytime. Right, right. And, like, I was a latchkey kid, so, like, my mom let me watch anything I wanted to on my own because I spent most of my time alone as a kid anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she worked till 6 or whatever, you know. And I'd mm-hmm. walk home from school starting at, like, age 7 because we lived right next to the school. Right. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd be at home alone for hours until mom came home. Mm-hmm. She or somebody else at some point would drop me off, would go to grocery shopping. And that was back in the day, like I said, when even grocery stores were renting movies. Mm-hmm. Or they were next to, you know, you couldn't throw a dead cat without hitting a video store back then. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. So, uh, you know, I'd, she would let me just get a membership or take hers and go in and get whatever I want. She didn't care. Yeah. There was no regulation whatsoever. It was weird because, like, she cared, didn't give a crap what I watched. Right. But I couldn't listen to anything that was questionable, like music-wise. Oh, Like, man. that strictly regulated Oh, she man. got mad. I don't mean that's a side story to the side story. Uh-huh. I remember the day uh-huh. I got it in my notion that I needed MC Hammer's album. <laughs> I was back the time I started. You know, I was twelve. I had an allowance. I actually had money. <laughs> I wanted Please Hammer Don't Hurt. <laughs> the hardcore sending you to hell album. Please Hammer Don't Hurt him <laughs> by MC Hammer that corrupted an entire generation <laughs> into wearing. <laughs> Pants of the devil, you know. And so, yeah. <laughs> so there actually is an album. I mean, I'm sorry, there is a song on that album called She's So Soft and Wet. And I had the cassette tape. I bought the cassette tape. And my mom found the tape. And I remember specifically this memory of getting, like, yelled at. Because, and I didn't even know what it meant. Oh, man. Like, I didn't even get it. Like, that, that was, like, dirty. I didn't even oh. listen to the song. I didn't even like the song back then. You don't buy it for She's So Soft and Wet. Who's buying that album for She's So Soft and Wet? You, know? like, oh, you can't hammer dance to She's So Soft and Wet. So, you know. Oh. So, anyway. I didn't give a crap about that song. But I remember getting yelled at about it. So, meanwhile, I'm over here watching The Last House, like I'm watching like, you know, uh, I Spit on a Grave. Right. Watching poor Camille Keaton getting game raped. Like, nobody cares. It was such a weird, weird hypocrisy. I don't know, there's this weird dichotomy thing of like, mom would just like, she just needed something to be on the TV set Mm -hmm. so that she could go upstairs and take a nap. Didn't give 
what it was. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> that was how I saw those movies. Like you said, that was like I would just somebody would take me to a video store. I would rent the hard, most hardcore thing I could find because I just wanted horror. I just wanted yeah. horror into my eyeballs. Yeah, and I wanted like the most extreme stuff I could find. You know, right. mom's taking a nap. I'm watching Faces of Death or whatever. Right. And like you know, but yes. the thing is, like I didn't. It didn't like you know corrupt me. You know, like I right. think that there was a different sensibility back then. It was just like yeah. Yeah. And, there was this sort of like immunity you had to get. Exactly. You had to be exposed to like blood and guts and gore because it was yeah. a prime time for it because it was right. 80s. Right, right. And, and yeah, and it turned you on to it and either you liked it or you didn't, yeah. you know, and either it set you down that path or, you yeah. know, you didn't, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, came away from it like I need more of this. Yeah, I remember a guy, another one is, uh, you know, I spend the weekends with my dad, and he, the video store thing reminded me. Uh, we go to the video store and everything, and, uh, you know, he, he's a single uh, co-parent now not right. you know he's married to my stepmother but like you know she worked and everything right. and uh, he's just trying to entertain a kid a nine year old that he only sees every other weekend right. something we can bond over he knows I'm weird <laughs> I like the scary stuff he likes golf right. Right. <laughs> so like it's like I'm like older now than he was then so I'm trying to imagine like what would I do with like a nine year old that I see every other weekend and like so go to the video store rent whatever I want to see right and and uh, that was how I saw Chopping Mall. Oh, man, yeah. yes. I have the specific memory of going to one store we used to go to, uh-huh. and they had this uh, treasure chest thing where you open it up, and, like, it's full of um, it's full of keys uh-huh. that would go to a box. And there must have been hundreds, maybe even a thousand keys in this thing. Yeah. And you dig around. If you could find the right key that opens up a box that was next to it, a lock, uh-huh. then inside that box was a lifetime membership to the store, like lifetime free rentals. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to dig through, you know, a thousand keys to get to it. Yeah, and they all yeah. look exactly like them. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get in, I didn't win, but I don't, think, I don't know if anybody ever won. I don't even know if the key was even in there. But um, but it was enough to get people to keep coming back, you know, and, you know, yeah. renting stuff. Right. And, um Anyway, uh, that is where I remember we rented Chopping Mall from that store. I couldn't tell you what it's called. <laughs> but um, I have a specific memory of sitting in that, in that apartment that yeah. looks exactly like my apartment now. <laughs> Only I sit in the recliner, and he did back then. Right. <laughs> and uh, watching Chopping Mall with my dad. Man. Yeah, and that was the first time I saw it. And then, um, uh, you know, when Bickle was doing uh, the lowbrow cinema thing. Yeah. Yeah, he did it there. He did Chopping Mall. Yeah, and that was just such a big thrill because that's always been like one of my favorite, like, yeah. uh, Oh, Chris, Chris Bickle, by, now, by, by the way, if you guys are listening, uh, Columbia director of The Theta Girl yes. and uh, upcoming Bad Girls, mm-hmm. which you can see. Well, you can see both of us in The Theta Girl. Oh, yeah. 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 Are you in Bad Girls now? Or oh, did no, you no. I, I, was, I was actually auditioning for a part, and I, I, I got um, the role in... What was what was the one that we were both going to be in Sister Vin- Sister That's Vengeance? The one. We both got roles in that. Yeah, yeah. and then we were, that got canceled. Yeah, that that would have been it. And yeah. I I remember when that got canceled. You um, were going to be like the bartender or something, were you? Yeah, yeah, I was bouncer I was, or something. Bodyguard. Like bodyguard. Yeah, bodyguard. yeah. I was like bodyguard number one or two yeah. or something. I was like one of the, the quote unquote proud boys. Yeah, but <laughs> proud boys that weren't proud boys. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that, yeah, I I um I ended up uh, yeah I, I I was gonna try and, and, and audition or, or try to get into the next film after that one, but I remember that year is when like everything started blowing up, and I was barely in Columbia. Yeah, like that whole year. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of missed my opportunity because I, I actually wanted to be one of the bartenders in that movie. But, yeah, I, I, I missed out 
on, you know, being able to dedicate any time and effort yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah. And it sucks, but, but I mean, yeah, but I, I've been, you know, I've been, uh, I've been wanting to, like, get into, like, especially his stuff in particular, man, because he, yeah, yeah. I think he, he has the same uh, type of taste for cinema that we have. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's very uh, gonzo, not really gonzo, but, like, you know, exploitative. Yeah. Tarantino-influenced. Right. Definitely definitely influenced by 70s exploitation stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm only in it just because at the last minute he needed cops. <laughs> he needed somebody to play cops. And, uh, and so I'm cop number six or something. And, uh, yeah. Spoiler, I don't make it. <laughs> yeah. Officer, Officer DJ served well, but he was uh, struck down in the line of duty. Yeah. 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 And, and plus, he, he's a really cool guy. And, and yeah. I, I, I love our conversations. I talk to him every now and then about possibly collabing on some stuff. Yeah. Um, like some some Shadow Club stuff, actually. Oh, yeah. Or horror-oriented stuff. Yeah. And, you know, one day it'll happen. Our schedules will. We'll make it so. Yeah, I'm going to, um, I want to get, like, Columbia talent as much as possible on the show mm. somehow. Yeah. It's really hard, I mean, you know, schedule-wise to get anybody in there. Mm. It's even hard to even get any physically in there at all now right. because everyone's cracked down with COVID now. Oh, yeah. It's one of the reasons why we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm technically not allowed to even have anybody in the studio with me. Right. But this is more funny anyway cause, because whiskey. No. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I don't want to be a downer, but, uh, um, Tommy Faircloth is actually not. Did you see that whole thing about Tommy Faircloth? Ah, uh, yeah. 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 So uh, I'll put this in the show notes for the, you guys who watch the listening to the podcast and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, I'll put a link for the uh, fundraiser in that. But uh, Tommy Faircloth, unfortunately, is like coming down with cancer, so he's fighting yeah. that. He's Columbia filmmaker who made uh, Family Possessions uh, a few years ago, which was really great, mm-hmm. and A Nun's Curse, um, both which were shot somewhat in Columbia, mm-hmm. both of which feature Felissa Rose, who I kind of gotten to know a little bit in the last few years through gotcha. Bickle and through conventions and everything. She's amazing. Have you yeah. ever met her? No. Never. God, she's so cool. She yeah. is so fun. Yeah, yeah I kind of know her a little bit, you know, just through cons and everything. Right. I hadn't had the privilege She's so her. sweet, yeah. Yeah, honor of yeah. meeting her. She's so neat and so cool, but anyway... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'll put the show notes. Uh, hopefully, you know, Tommy will pull through. And then we got David Axe, you know, uh, and did all, he's done all his stuff. And so I'd like to I'd love to talk to him. And so I'm trying to, like, spotlight Columbia creators as much as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're obviously in that short list. So, oh, yeah, yeah. man. It's, it's, it's an honor to be in that circle of, of yeah. fine talent. It's, it's a relatively small crowd. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. in the arts or you're doing anything creative or nightlife, yeah. it all intersects. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It, it all I mean, there's basically like 30 people that all know right. each other. You know? so, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's, 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 it's cool to see the scene here mm-hmm. expand and, and, and start to make a little bit of noise mm-hmm. in the capacity that it is right now. Like I, I, I'm very proud of my my colleagues and fellow Colombians who are out there uh, stretching their artistic abilities to the limits of you know putting out a product that you know will get nationwide or global attention. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's really putting our city on the map. And I mean, kudos to to these these fine folks that are out here you know, giving their vision to the world and, you know, coming from a place that doesn't really get that type of attention, you know yeah. what I mean? So, 
yeah, I mean. I agree. I, th- I think, unfortunately, when people think South Carolina, they think mm-hmm. politics yeah. you know, or whatever. You oh, know, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Or, you know, the unfortunate parts of it. Yeah. And, um, and that kind of overshadows whatever talent comes from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't realize that people are, like, straight up making Netflix deals right now. Right. You know, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, people are making moves to act, you know, like Columbia, man. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. You've got, because you've got a big range, don't you, age-wise? Because yeah. you got, like, your son's, like, in his 20s, 30s? Yeah, my, my, my son is in his early 20s. Yeah. My daughter, um... But Corey Jr. looks just like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the little one looks like... Oh, yeah, yeah, like, they... Yeah. Yeah, yeah those poor kids. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> <laughs> I saw it, man. I saw the thing you put up today with the scooter. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, it's like a little... It's like somebody took your face and, like, stamped it on, like, a little girl. Like, <laughs> like yeah, and, and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and here's a funny story, and, and yeah. my son's going to kill me for this. He, he did one of those filter things that turns you yeah. into, like, the opposite gender yeah, yeah. or whatever. And so he... he <laughs> he shared this thing, um, this picture of him as a woman, like maybe two days ago, and he looked exactly how his sister would look at his age, <laughs> and I, I made it a point to let him know that. <laughs> but yeah, he, he's—I I couldn't be more proud of of that young man. I, did I just say young man out loud? <laughs> so, it's such dad. a dad thing. <laughs> yeah, right. It was such a dad thing to say. He, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, he's he's got a family of his own now. He's uh, he owns two businesses. Wow. Um, he, I mean, he he, he started um, his uh, music thing, um, which now I, I have him. He he's doing actual. He's actually doing music for Jet Boy now. Um, I'm meeting with him tomorrow um, to go over some uh, tracks and, and music stuff that he's doing for the actual show. Um. And uh, yeah, he's he's got the music. He's got a landscaping business, um, doing relatively well for himself and uh, my grandchildren. And I I, t- I, I never there, there's not a moment that we spend together where I don't make him feel guilty for making me a grandfather so young. I'm just like <laughs> I'm not I'm not old enough for for that type of responsibility. Dude, it's tripping me out that <laughs> yeah. I went to high school with people that are straight up becoming grandparents. Yeah, right? man. And I'm like, and I'm getting hassled because I'm not married. I'm like, I got friends that got grandkids. I'm like, I'm excited about the new season of Young Justice. <laughs> right. <I'm, laughs> like, me too. You know, like yeah, people I'm, are having grandchildren. Yeah, you know? and, and it's crazy because like, yeah. my, my, like yeah. he's got two kids, so. And, you know, he's got two kids. He's married. He's mm-hmm. been married, you know, for for the last, what, what four years? Like, he's, he's been married. He's got two kids in that time frame. And 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 I'm, I'm just living through these children. Like, my like my grandson, everything that I buy him for Christmas, birthday, whatever, it has to be, like, Black Panther stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I buy him, like, Black Panther stuff, like, every, every holiday. And, yeah. And but yeah but but and then my daughter um, and, and I'll have to bleep this out. Can I say again? Twenty twenty. <laughs> yes. Like yes. seriously. By all means. Like he had to go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. my daughter is between you know me and her mom, and, and she was over that weekend, and I had just like you know like at, at night like she and I will, I'll, I'll, we'll do this this we have this ritual before she goes to bed. 
um, where I give her like a history lesson, and what what I call a history lesson. Yeah. And it's just like before she goes to sleep, we'll go on YouTube and I'll find something that was very close or dear to me within like you know pop culture or, or whatever was going on in current events at the time. Uh, that I was her age mm. and we will sit there and we will watch like a clip of it before she goes to bed mm. and we had just watched our uh, history lesson for the night and I'm sitting there in her room and, and getting her situated and that's when I, I looked at my, my phone and I was just like yeah this can't be true that Chadwick Boseman passed yeah, away yeah, yeah, yeah. and man that was heavy mm. like that yeah like, I couldn't sleep that night. Like, my, my, I mean, my heart was like legit heavy that night. Mm -hmm. And that, that, I mean, this year has taken a toll on all of us, but I'm just like, man, with everything that has happened up until this point, they had to, that had to happen. You yeah. Know what I mean? so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but. I, I had that moment with, um, with uh, David Bowie specifically. Oh, yeah. Uh, because even my all-time favorite uh, musician, one of my biggest creative influences, um, I cannot put into words at all. I literally cannot express what David Bowie meant to me and still means to me every day. Yeah. And, like, um, he got me through high school. Yeah. I was a weirdo. <laughs> you know, I was weird. I was strange. I was listening to bands that nobody ever heard of. <laughs> Luckily enough, I discovered, uh, mm -hmm. which changed literally, and I've used this term probably literally changed my life. Yeah. I discovered the genre of gothic rock through right. Cleopatra Records compilations when I was 15. Yeah. And so I was listening to, like, Alien Sex Fiend and Sexy and Children and Virgin Prunes when I was 15 and everybody else was listening to Dave Matthews band or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, like, suddenly Bowie came along. He doesn't come along. But, like, I discovered yeah. him in, like, nine. You know, I was well in high right. school by that point. Right. And, uh, yeah, I was aware of the name, but I never paid attention until, like, right. uh, the Outside album came out. Yeah. And, like, yeah. blew me away. Changed my world. Changed yeah. my life. Yeah. Never heard anything like it. And then went back and promptly tracked down everything he'd ever recorded that I get my hands on. Yeah. And I sat in a room and I was like, it's like somebody went into my brain. You know what I mean? Like, right. you, know, you find a band like that or a musical artist like that. Right. Where it's like somebody suddenly, like, is telepathically into my brain and making the music and saying the things I wish I could say right. that, like, right. that you just relate to that you connect to where you just you know when you find this it could be anything not even a musician but like an artist or something yeah. Norm Brayfogle for me was my other big one oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, I mean yeah. you know when, when it could be comics or whatever where, where, where you just like this is me this is yeah. my thing you know and like yeah. and like nobody else my, I was I was from Duncan, South Carolina. Nobody gave a crap about Bowie, you know? So, like, there's that thing, too, of, like, which is important yeah. when you're, like, 16 yeah. to, like, carve an identity out where you're just, like, this is my yeah. thing and it's nobody else's thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I didn't know anybody else who was cool enough to listen to Bowie. And so, like, like uh, you know, it was my thing, you know? And, like, uh, you know, of course, you had to call and you meet a million people. But, like, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, that I remember that morning. Just like you said, I remember that morning. I saw that on my phone. And my heart just dropped out of my body, and like I'm still not over it, and I'll never yeah. be over it, you know. Yeah, but but the the crazy part that um, like and, and just like you you just uh, described is like watching your your children have to go through that. Yeah, somebody that yeah they idolize. Like yeah. for my son that we were just talking about, um, it was Michael Jackson. Oh, man. When, when Mike passed, man, my son had this crazy obsession with his music mm. I mean because you know he, he's, he's into music now that that's part of what he does mm -hmm. and 
Mike was a staple in our household growing up, just like, um, you know, with him, you know, I would, you know, play Michael Jackson, even, yeah, you yeah. know, for me or, or his mom or whoever. And he just had this love for Mike's music. And when Mike passed away, I think he was maybe 12 or 13. And it was crazy. I, I think we were... I want to say we were in New York when it happened, he and I. Um, that was uh, the year I, I had been up in 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 New York that summer. And that's, you like, came. that's like 10 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah, roughly. yeah, yeah, about, yeah. yeah about 11. Yeah, 11 something years like that. Ago. I remember specifically I was in this one apartment I had, yeah. this one little house I was renting. Yeah. It was about 09, 010. Yeah, I remember the yeah. memory. I remember the memory of, of, like, of being online and like posting to people and like watching the the news reports as real, real time as they happen right and right. like of, of posting like oh my god you know is he gonna make it like they're saying yeah. he might be dead but nobody knows yet yeah because it yeah. was, it was yeah. crazy go ahead I'm sorry no but yeah, they, yeah, they were yeah. saying he was dead yeah yeah and then yeah. he wasn't dead yeah 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 and yeah. then he was dead it's like minute to minute you didn't know yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. and so and and, yeah. and, and I uh, but I'm watching me and my son mm -hmm. just glued to the to the TV and, and everything and and it, it, it came to be, and, and I could see just, you know, the the disappointment on him. You know, it was, I, I could see what toll it took on him just to see, mm -hmm. like, one of his idols just, you know, just pass away, and, and him being so young and having to wrap his head around life and death and everything, being, mm -hmm. being a kid and everything. So, yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, I get that, and, and I understand, you know, and, you know, my, my daughter, um, like I said, she's, she's, uh, six years old and man, that kid's smart. Like she's, she, she grasps so many different concepts that you wouldn't think a six year old would like mm -hmm. grasp. So it, I mean, and we've had like life and death talks between she and I, it, it's different between how it is with her and, and my son. You know, we would, you know, have those talks and, and he would be very emotional about it. But it, it's like she just, once you you give her the full talk, it's like she understands it and she processes it differently. You know, like mm -hmm. on a much more mature level that's almost mind-blowing. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's crazy, yeah. but... Mm -hmm. But yeah, but she's, I mean, she's, I'm, I, I couldn't be more proud of her as well, man. She's very smart and very driven, very independent at nice. six years old. She won't let me help her with anything. Nice. Like, she's just like, man, I, I'm just like, what? like this morning she had this, uh, uh, she loves Hello Kitty. I got her these uh, Hello Kitty sodas from Japan, you know, from the Asian mm. market. And they're, they, they're these weird... You know how Japanese marketing is is just like you know bonkers. Yeah, they they came in these glass bottles and they have these marbles in them that you have to knock out mm. in order to drink it. So I'm just like, and, and and the crazy part is like, I'm like I don't know how to open it, and she was just like, well I know how to do it, and she showed me how to do it. Yeah. And she was doing it and didn't quite get it, you know, the first time because you have to like pop the top off the top, 
take the piece off and then put it into the bottle to knock the marble out into the. Oh wow! Yeah. And so I'm just like, well, you need me to help? No. Like, like, <laughs> I got this. As like yeah. as matter of fact as you can get, mm-hmm. like no, like every time mm-hmm. wouldn't let me help her until she got it, and she she did it herself. Wow, yeah. But I think she's the one that ended up with the art book because she draws all the time. Yeah, my, she's my, probably gonna be amazing. I would imagine. Oh that. man, yeah, she yeah. like I, I got a, she's got a sketchbook full of stuff in my office. Yeah, like when I go in there to draw, she comes in there with me, and she's either playing with my t- the toys that I allow her to play with, <laughs> yeah, and and either that or she's drawing like while I'm drawing. So can I say too, by the way, get you guys the office, <laughs> but the office though. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you like Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> Are they paying you? <laughs> Do you have a deal with Dragon Ball Z, though? <laughs> oh, man, that's like 20 years of therapy. I say that, but like at the same time, like that's my Batman. How many siblings do you have? Um, I am the youngest of six. Jesus. Yeah. I what mean, was that like? Oh, man. Um, oh, man, to, 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 add to, to, to add to that, um, I was the only, like, all my brothers, all my siblings were born here in Columbia. Mm-hmm. I was conceived here, and that's when my dad joined the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Got stationed. Badass. To, yeah, and, and he was stationed in Nashville, mm-hmm. Tennessee, and with the uh, Treasury, you know. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we moved there. I'm born there. In Nashville, Tennessee, I was the biggest baby born in that hospital at 14 pounds. Jesus. 14 pounds. My, I was my, literally almost half that. <laughs> no, no, I was less than half that. Oh, yeah? I was yeah. five. Five Man. pounds, eight ounces. I think my son may have been between five and seven, if, I'm, I, yeah, yeah, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. That's like 20 years ago. And my daughter, I know for a fact, she was like 10 pounds even. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. she, yeah, she was, that's why I call her pork chop. Pork chop. <laughs> but, yeah, um... But yeah, that, but I was 14 pounds, mm-hmm. and I was just like, yeah, I see why why I was the last one. You yeah, know? Yeah. <laughs> I came at the right time. <laughs> We're done. My mom does not hesitate to remind me, like, you were yeah. 14 pounds, they put you on my chest, you peed in my face, wow, my mouth yeah. was open. Yeah. Like, she reminds me of every wow. aspect Jeez. of that birth. So were you all like I would imagine I mean uh, with six I imagine you're all pretty close in age you were almost like one after the other or was like a big gaps or? um the I think there's nine years between me and my sister uh-huh. um and I think there there my other siblings were a bit closer in age. Mm. um but yeah my my sister and I there's about yeah it's about a nine year gap between me and her and like they were a little bit closer in age and I think. Just based on the time of year I was born, I may have been one of those Valentine's babies. Yeah, mm. <laughs> like Pedro's cave. Yeah, Pedro's put on. Yeah, maybe put on some the candles were lit and you pour, know. Pour whatever <laughs> wine they were drinking. Real needy or whatever. <laughs> Thunderbird. Thunderbird. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. 
Hell, knowing me, that, that probably would have been a Mad Dog, <laughs> mad dog 2020. Tap also Mad Dog. <laughs> Ripple. <whatever it was. laughs> that would explain so much. Oh, God. <laughs> when it comes to me. Well, well, Dad got some Bartles and James and then just went to town. <laughs> Boom's farm. <laughs> After it was all over, he just turned to her again, and we thank you for your support. <laughs> no. For your children who don't know what Bartles and James is. <laughs> it was around the time of Justin Wilson and Casey Cook that we were just talking about. Like, you know what broke my heart? What? Was when I found out the guys in the commercials are not Bartles and James. <laughs> they're just like they're just two actors they hired like they're not even like how do you how do you do that to people I found that out like 20 years later <laughs> like I'm so broke, broke my heart man oh, my entire man. life I was under the, the illusion that that's <laughs> Bartles and James that they're because yeah. you really wanted to be yeah because you're standing in the vineyard <laughs> sitting on the porch <laughs> drinking out of mason jar yeah <laughs> Oh man! By the way, if you haven't had true moonshine, mm. you're missing out, kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come man. down to the south. Get to just just ask around. <laughs> you might have to hang out for a while, but I guarantee you, somebody you know will know somebody who knows somebody. <laughs> My family is right up the street here, this, it, 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 and it's weird because mm. um, we're talking about nostalgia and things coming full circle and stuff when we first moved uh, after the divorce and me and my mom hmm. moved down here in 84. Do you remember the divorce? You were alive. You were old enough for it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, so I, was, I feel so bad. I was so young. I was like three. When my, I don't remember anything at all about yeah. it. So I, I feel so bad for kids that like had to go yeah. through that. I remember like yeah. details that normal five-year-olds probably wouldn't. You know, wow, I mean, yeah. About yeah. like procedures and stuff. Wow, yeah. So yeah, that was, <laughs> that was crazy hmm. to, to, to go through that. But when my mother and I moved back down here, my um, we stayed with my aunt for a little while, and then we got our own place, like which is right up the street here. <laughs> our backstories are so similar. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> we lived with my great aunt for a while. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. And, and, so, and, and it's yeah. funny that's my great uncle that I'm, I'm referencing. Oh, cool. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He, he turned uh, ninety something or eighty. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I actually, I actually. Gave him less on his on his on his years. He's not in his eighties. He's, he's in his nineties. He, he just had, I think, I want to say his ninety fifth birthday, and he doesn't look a day over seventy. Wow, crazy! It's funny, like when you're a kid, that like you have relatives that are old. Yeah. And then when you're an adult, they're still old. Right. <laughs> and like I remember when you were, I was like eight years old. You were old then. <laughs> like, like my great aunt. Like I, well, I was talking about my great aunt that we lived with. Like my, my she was married to my great uncle, my yeah. Paul. He looked like he had just stepped like one foot in the grave when I was like eight. Yeah. <laughs> he died just five years ago. Still looked old. Like, oh, I mean, obviously man. Still old. But I'm like, dude, you still look, you look just that old when I was a child. Like, I didn't think he was born bald. The man never had hair. Right. I saw, I saw yeah. pictures of him when he was in the military. When he was like, he was 19, didn't have a stitch of hair. I'm like, did you ever have hair? I'm like, have you always been this old? Like, yeah, anyway, but, go ahead. But, no, yeah, but, yeah. but my, my great uncle is like right up the street here like when we stayed with my aunt for a bit and my great uncle ha uh, owns like the land that's right up here like you go off a of hard scrapple mm -hmm. so um we got property there my mom and i moved there that's where all the the purple rain and the horror and all that stuff yeah happened. Yeah, yeah yeah like right up this road yeah, yeah and um yeah we were talking about moonshine and, and 
there were stories. I've, I've never seen it, but there's stories of a still back there somewhere. Oh, wow. He, he yeah. has, like, uh, moonshine and... Mm -hmm. Whatever, sipping whiskey. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, I like moonshine. I, was, oh, I man, love, yeah, I love good moonshine. moonshine. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the best moonshine yeah. I actually had was it was weird. Like, I'd say around maybe oh seven, oh eight, somewhere around there. Um, one of my childhood buddies. Um, <laughs> it was funny. We were, we were, I think, we were going to Hooters that night. I think. <laughs> And um, it was it was a group of us, um, a couple of buddies of mine, and um, I, I was living in. Uh, there were these new apartments. Well, this is around the time I thought I was balling. Like this was yeah. like I've had apartments and stuff, but this was like a, in a gated community and, mm -hmm. and all that. When we were working together, yeah, and then oh, see, I was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that yeah. was like, like I was still doing Lions Den Revolution, and I was working oh, yeah. there. We got to get into Lions Den at some point. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we would. <laughs> we're an into this but it's a two hour radio show but, yeah, at some point we actually need to talk about what you do for a living and why we're here <laughs> they're just talking about yeast rolls and, yeast rolls and moonshine and moonshine for two hours Apollonia's boots how was that conceived Oh man, but yeah, Apollonia's boobs. Yeah. That's gonna be the name of the episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Apollonia though. Oh man, but Apollonia though. <laughs> like, oh, man. Yeah, that is, yeah. Is, is... And, like that. His whole circle, mm -hmm. like Apollonia and like Sheena E and all that. Oh man, like, like <laughs> Prince was doing okay. Yeah, great yeah. yeah. But yeah, we um, yeah. Long story short, um, best moonshine. We were there, we, and, and, and my, one of my buddies comes in. Um, he actually lived in the complex next to mine. Mm. So he was like, we're going to pregame. And he comes in with his, brings his cousin, you know, and, and he, it was me, him, and his cousin. And I had, like, this bar in my kitchen. And we were sitting at the bar, and he, was, he brings in this uh, water jug. Like, just a gallon, it just looked mm. like a gallon of spring water. Yeah. And he brings it in. He's just like, here it is. I'm just like, what's this? And apparently his cousin is from like the low country around yeah. here. He brought this moonshine from where he lived. Yeah. And it looked just like water. He does. Yeah, yeah. Like, he no, does. Yeah, but no, this particular <laughs> yeah. one, it had no odor. Oh, wow. You couldn't. You would have thought it was um, water. You take yeah. the cap off. You can't. You can't smell it because you know yeah. how moonshine has some of it. Depending yeah. on who makes it, has a very distinct smell. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's like vodka. It's kind of like vodka, yeah. but like times ten. Right. right yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but this one. And he was like, it's so smooth. And yeah. I was just like... That's the thing, if it's good, it's smooth. Yeah. It does, yeah, yeah. This yeah. was so smooth. Yeah. I mean, I, it had a bit of a taste to it. Yeah, yeah. But it was so smooth, it yeah. didn't gag you, it didn't burn. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, man, this ain't nothing. And But then I had my, my wits about me, and I was just like... Oh, it's something. Usually when it's not when it's that easy, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like common sense. When yeah, it's yeah. that easy, yeah, it, it, there's something wrong somewhere. Yeah, so yeah. you have to watch yourself. Yeah, but still, be, me being who I am, just you know, I start throwing them back anyway because you know, mm. man, we got the Hooters, <laughs> and 
And I remember, like, somewhere in the middle, like, and it didn't hit me, like, right away, man. I, I remember we got there, we got our food, and it wasn't too long after the food finally got sat in front of us. Everything started going this way. <laughs> Everything that was in front of me started going to the left. And I was like, oh. Everything just kind of like. Like, you know, like, I, I felt like when, when Superman. When Superman flew around and made the world go in reverse. That was life at that time. I said, Lo- I was. Lois is buried under like a. Like a yeah. That was life at that point. Superman was saving Lois from that rock slide. Because everything was going, I mean, I swear, man, everything just started moving this way. (laughs) Yep, that'll happen. Oh, man. And and, yeah, yeah, I learned a very hard lesson that night to never underestimate moonshine. No matter how smooth it is and no matter how... How much you think you have a solid tolerance? It'll sneak up on you. Oh yeah, yeah it'll get you. The first time I had the good stuff, my buddy Dan, he's got a hookup. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Uh, so anyway, he put a, a shot glass full of like the good stuff in front of me one time, uh-huh. and I thought I was gonna go blind. <laughs> it's my first t- real taste of it. I'm like, Christ on the crutch, I'm gonna go blind. But it's so good though. It just goes down so smooth. I mean, if you get the good stuff, like it was from, came from somebody's backyard, like right. you were saying, like, oh my lord almighty. And uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I'm like, oh man, and it sneaks up on you. Yeah, and I think maybe confessions were made that night. I don't know. Like I, oh. That was part one of the interview with uh, Corey Davis. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I'm going to uh, knock out part two pretty soon uh, i have that posted up to the podcast probably in the next week or so potentially part two and three i'm not, I'm not sure if i'm going to break them up into uh two and three or if it's just going to be all one part but it'll all make its way up there somehow uh like i said before this is a uh, dark entries goth radio with your host djd i hope you enjoyed that uh we still have an hour left in the show this is the uh, the last uh, episode here at the station for a while. I'm looking into ways of uh, doing this from home during our little break. Hopefully we will be back in the summer. Hopefully no later than that, but we'll find out. So tonight's, uh, or today's episode, I'm still used to saying tonight. I'm not, still not used to being on this early in the day. Today's episode uh, is, uh, like I said, centering around entirely a, a local artist and creators. So uh, we're going to continue that in the second half. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some local filmmakers. And uh, then we're going to knock at a set of entirely uh, local uh, musical artists. So uh, prepare for uh, more spooky talk and spooky tunes on uh, the one and only Dark Entries, the Goth Radio, going strong for 20 plus years now on WOC 9.5 FM Columbia. Uh, that's all coming up right after this. On the road again. Nearly 700,000 Americans were arrested on marijuana charges last year. That's an enormous waste of law enforcement resources and terribly unfair to those arrested and their families. It's time we stopped arresting adults who smoke marijuana responsibly. For more information, visit Normal's website at www.normal.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL and tell them Willie sent you. 
What's up, Gamecocks? It's Schuler from Death Drive 90.5. We're all stoked to be back on campus, but we've got to remember that the threat of COVID-19 is still very real and very present. Take measures to protect those around you and to protect yourself. Wear that mask, wash your hands, stay six feet apart, don't eat anything that you find on the ground, stop licking doorknobs. Let's all work together for a COVID-free campus because riffs should be sick. You shouldn't. Keep it healthy, keep it safe, and keep it locked to 90.5. WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia. styling your hair every day and do you want a good hairstyle every day hi i'm sarah schuster i went on a website called inventnow.org and after that i decided to invent something too something called the insta do just imagine you just put it over your head like a helmet does and you pick your hairstyle with the buttons on the side and you can have instant hairstyle in seconds People like it. People like Jeff Bart. I like it. And people like Kenneth. It's a summer thing, and it fits over your head, and it's great. Thank you, Kenneth. You should go to inventnow.org, and it could help you come up with your own invention. After all, look at me on the radio now. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Get started on your own inventions, or just play some games at inventnow.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. Throat. It hurts a lot. 
Self-defense is anything we do to make our lives safer on a daily basis. Self-defense is fighting with our fists, yelling, telling him to stop looking at us, running away, listening to our gut instinct, getting support, knowing that we are worth defending, talking about what happened. Playing rock! <laughs> and playing rock. The goal of self-defense is to provide all women, children, queers, people of color, and targeted communities with options and skills that are effective and practical no matter what our experience, age, level of fitness, or shape of body may be. Tell me about your life here in prison. Do you read newspapers? Do you listen to the radio? Do you watch television? Do you communicate with people on the outside? What goes on for Charles Manson in this prison? Well, I can feel the grass growing out there on the lawn, and there's a few trees that's got some leaves on it that I can feel. And I've been in jail all my life, so I'm actually right here at home. Uh, how long have I been in jail? 34 years? 34 years, so... Uh, out of 47, you've been here 34. I've been in jail, uh, prison, uh, a long time, all my life. I was raised up in here. So I understand jail, so I understand myself, and I can deal with that. I set my cell and I do my number like a convict does his number. You like jail, don't you? I don't dislike or like. Let's go back to 1967, the time you were winding up serving a term of number of years, 10 years. And written accounts indicate that you told the authorities, don't let me out. I can't cope with the outside world. Do you have a recollection of that? And uh, you, they make a desperate plea out of something, man. There's no desperate plea out of it. I say, I, I can't you, handle I, the I, maniacs outside. I, Let me back in. I, I didn't use the word desperate. That's your word, Charles. Yeah, well, your, your inflection and your voice tones were uh, implications there. Well, you use the word maniacs on the outside. How are you different? From the maniacs on the outside and why do you call them maniacs because you know something they think you are one yeah it would reflect if you hold the negative up to the light you don't see the light you just see the negative so i'm a reflection of your negative there's no doubt about that and i can handle that also i've been handling ain't i i don't know have you well i've been up and down these damn hallways in and out of these nut wars for the last 10 years. You think you could follow that act? Don't want to follow that act. Yeah, I don't want to get into it. But why do you want to get into that? Well, what crowd, why, why, why what do you crowd want to are you playing for? Huh? I'm playing for my life. You're working for money. <laughs> what does that mean, you're playing for your life? I'm working for my life, mister. I'm not playing for money. What I'm do you mean playing you're working, for keeps. I mean, you're working for your life. I'm playing that? for real. What does that mean, you're playing well, for real? How, how are you playing for your That's something you can't life? buy. When you say you're playing for your life, am I to yeah. assume that you think that someday you're going to get out of here? <laughs> get out of here. Hmm. Get out of here. Where would I go now? See. What would you do if you got out of here? If I got out of here. What if they said they said to you tomorrow morning, Charles, hey, listen, you're free. You can go wherever you want to go. Do whatever you want to do. What yeah. would you do? I'll probably go out in front on the grass and sit down. For how long? For, um... Right now, how long, I wouldn't, I could put a track record on it or I could uh, put a computer come on, on it. Come on down, no, no, come on down, get off computers, get off tracks. If you got out of here, there are a lot of people who think you'd go start killing people again. Again? Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you guys are misinformed, I haven't killed anyone. What about, uh, what about Shay? 
What about him? Well, what about him? He got killed. Well, the word is you killed him. Word Ooh. is you stabbed him. What's oh, it feel word. Like, what does it feel like to kill word. someone? Word. Word is that you're an old woman. Word is you have turkey in the sky. Word is. I don't know what word is. Somebody else tell you that. I didn't tell you Did that. Did you kill Shay? Hell no. Did you cut the human's ear off? Hell yes.
jungle with an HDMI port or newer MacBooks require a USB-C dongle and newer MacBooks require a USB-C dongle with an HDMI port in order to connect. All right, pray for Triangle Zero, as we just heard. Uh, that is the brainchild of Lucas Sims, who is a local artist here, uh, former DJ here at the radio station, and also an artist, a musician, uh, who's turning out some pretty amazing experimental stuff. You listen to Dark Entries Goth Radio on your radio. I am your host, DJ DWSC, FM Columbia, and broadcasting in HD1. Yeah, Lucas Sims, he's all right. He, uh, he had a really great show here when he was here, as you can imagine. His musical taste is pretty pretty stellar. I remember him playing some pretty good stuff, and his, his artwork's really good. You know, the music's amazing. Uh, it's kind of cool that, you know, someone like that's uh, someone's creating music, you know, along those lines here in town. Uh, that's from an album called, um, the, well, first of all, the track was a, kind of a two-parter track. It's called Night to Believe slash Killing Him Softly from an album called uh, Death of an E-World uh, on Strange Noise Records. Strange Noise puts out a lot of stuff that's like that. Sometime later on, like in a later episode, I'd like to actually do a whole set of just something stuff from that label. Uh, but you can find that on, on Bandcamp, the album. Most of everything that I'm actually going to play later in the show when I do my music set, it can be found on Bandcamp. But I want to talk a little bit before I get into the music set uh, about some more local talent. We uh, we wrapped up our interview there with the uh, first part of our interview with uh, Corey Davis. That's part one. Uh, it occurred to me, like, as the interview was going, I didn't really give you a proper introduction to, like, who he, what he does, you know. Uh, he's uh, the founder of uh, Rock Bottom Studios, which is going to have... A million projects coming out very soon uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, I'm lucky enough to be involved in a couple of them. The main one is uh, uh, Jet Boy, uh, which I believe is going to be uh, on Netflix. Uh, that's the word, anyway. Animated series based on an original concept that Corey came up with a million years ago. Uh, that's also a comic book that he writes and draws. That's when I first met him, uh, which was, gosh, over 10 years ago. <laughs> we worked together. He, I remember uh, sitting down to him telling me about this new new character he'd just come up with, and he was showing me some sketches and stuff, and fast forward a million years later, and, and it's a really good comic book, and it's going to be a, an animated series. Rock Bottom's going to be putting out other shows, such as like Shadow Club Karma, which I'm involved in, that centers around uh, the uh, sort of a, a modern take on the Universal Monsters, classic Universal Monsters like Dracula and Wolfman and Creatures from the Black Lagoon and such. So I believe that's going to be an animated movie. Also, there's going to be Odyssey, which is a uh, live-action uh, spinoff of the Jet Boy cartoon, which involves a government conspiracy that takes place in the world of Jet Boy. I'm involved in that as well. Also, Brides is going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a spinoff of Shadow Club Karma. It's going to be uh, an all uh, produced, uh, from what I understand, created by all an all-female uh, crew, which is going to be pretty pretty cool. It's a horror thing. It takes place in the world of Shadow Club Karma. And, oh man, what is it? Lions Den? There's a million. I'll tell you what, go to Rock Bottom Studios. This is spelled R O C B O T T O M. No, no K in rock, just R O C B O T T O M uh, studios.com. And you can find out all the stuff. Uh, it's just nice to know that, you know, a local guy made good. <laughs> He's doing really well for himself. So, parts two and possibly part three of the interview are going to be coming out uh, in the next few weeks. I'm going to put those on the podcast. Of course, this episode is obviously going to be on the podcast. 
since we won't be actually here in the studio over the next few months, I'm going to try to you know put out as much content as, as I can. So watch the podcast. Obviously, I'll be posting all the stuff on the on the socials, and I am looking into um, doing the show from home. So we'll, we'll get some sort of home edition of what you're hearing now. Other stuff coming up, uh, local talent. Another big one is Chris Bickle, who most of you know, who you live here in town. Uh, he's been around forever. Uh, involved in several uh, musical projects like uh, Guy on a Punchline and uh, Confederate Fag. I've known him forever, or at least <laughs> forever in Columbia terms anyway. Uh, he's now a filmmaker. I uh, made uh, The Theta Girl a few years ago. Um, if you're eagle-eyed uh, <laughs> and you watch out, you can spot myself as well as Corey, Corey in, in the movie uh, here and there uh, in the background. And most recently just finished up Bad Girls, which I uh, worked on about a year ago. So I have a small part in that. And... Um, so that's finishing up now. It's going to be out in the next few months. Uh, you can check out the Indiegogo, Indiegogo campaign for that. Uh, just go to Indiegogo and look for Bad Girls. And I'll have the links to everything I'm talking about now. All of this is going to be in the show notes uh, for the podcast. I'll have links to all these things, so don't worry. Uh, but they far exceeded their uh, fundraising goal for that. It was something like, I can't remember the amount now, but it, just, it went way above it, way above the amount they were looking for. But there's still perks to be had. There's still things you can buy, like merch to be had, like t-shirts and such i've got a t-shirt coming on the way it's pretty good and a rat really rad poster but uh i think the movie's gonna turn out pretty well uh david axe is another one another local filmmaker that i think doesn't get enough attention uh he was a co-writer of the theta girl i was just talking about a second ago also director of shed which is a short election is the i think the most recent one that just got finished up not too long ago he's pushing uh, election looks really good uh, election uh one of the stars of that is mike amison who i worked with on the bad girls it takes place in sort of post-apocalyptic sort of world where they have to hold an election um in this sort of like woodland area minimal set but uh it looks like it's pretty, pretty good it's actually streaming on amazon right now a lot of really talented local people worked on that so uh check him out he's got a pretty impressive uh, imdb i'm looking at right now Another one we got, uh, Tommy Faircloth, I wanted to talk about. This link is going to be in the show notes, but uh, there's also a fundraising uh, campaign going on for him because he's uh, he's battling cancer right now. Uh, Tommy's a really cool guy. He was actually a production assistant on Die Hard 2, looks like. I'm looking at his IMDb right now. But as far as local work, um, he was the director of Dollface. Yeah, that was one of the first big ones. Family Possessions from a few years ago, which uh, we were talking about with the interview with Corey, features uh, Felisa Rose. And most recently, he uh, finished up A Nun's Curse, which uh, she's the star of. She's the main villain in that. Uh, Mark Patton from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 is also in Family Possessions. But uh, yeah, Tommy's a great guy. I really hope he uh, pulls through. Wish him all the best as far as uh, his fight. But I'm going to have the link for the fundraising campaign for him. Uh, to raise money for his medical costs and such uh, on the uh, on the show notes. Uh, another one that I just recently discovered, actually, I uh, didn't even know about this. Bickle actually kind of turned me on to it, is L.L. Gady, and I really hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, who is also a Columbia person who just finished up a film that they're trying to uh, get some exposure for. It looks like it's called Invite the Devil to Come and Play. Uh, you can find out everything about it at invitethedevil.com. And that's where you can contribute money for it. Uh, I was checking out the trailer. It looks really good. Uh, it just came out of Columbia, and it came kind of flew under the radar. Like, I didn't even know about myself until a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, it looks, looks really good, actually. So, invitethedevil.com. You can go and see the trailer and such. Invite the devil to come and play. Directed by L, uh, Columbia's own L.L. Gady. So, and I really wish I knew more about this person, but I literally just checked it out today. So, um, so it's kind of cool. All this exciting stuff's kind of kind of coming out and flying under the radar. All right. Uh, I am going to shift over to musical stuff at the moment because we are running out of time. 
We've got about 25 minutes left. That's going to be giving me just enough time to squeeze a set in. So I was saying, uh, Pray for Triangle Zero is the track that you were hearing underneath our words of wisdom there. Uh, everything else you're going to hear in the next set is all comprised of uh, local artists. Uh, we're going to be kicking off with the, uh, the Electric Sex, one of the many, many projects um, that is founded by Bubs, Bubs Rebella, who, uh, if you're also in the music scene or nightlife scene here, you definitely know who he is. Uh, I first met him in the first band that I was in called um, Blue Skies Over Paris. And I will never stop kicking myself for not thinking to bring the cassette, the one cassette that exists <laughs> that I have up here to try to get that thing to play it on the radio. It's the first band I was in a long time ago. That was how I first met Bubs, but uh, he's, he's since gone on to, to be part of a million projects in town. His most recent project is The Electric Sex, and what we're going to hear now is actually a, uh, a remix of one of their tracks. The track's called Nightmares. This is the sax remix because it features uh, Manuel Trebuco on sax. We can't get enough sax here on the show. we do this track, we'll come back, we'll talk a little bit more. I'll, I'll tell you about some more of their, some other tracks that are going to be coming up in this set, so we'll, we'll knock this out real quick. So this is Columbia's own uh, The Electric Sex. I believe getting their first ever radio play, if I'm not mistaken. Right here, Dark Entries Goth Radio. Electric Six featuring Manuel uh, 
uh, Tribuco making, I uh, believe, their radio debut debut anywhere, actually, right here on Dark Entries, Goth Radio 90.5, WSC of Columbia, one of the many projects of Bubs Rebello, which I, I'm an idiot, I'm a complete moron, because I completely blanked earlier on the name of uh, Wolf's Blood. Wolf's Blood, the, uh, <laughs> as far as I know, South Carolina's only Misfits tribute band, definitely one of the best Misfits tribute bands anywhere. Uh, he's also involved in uh, Skull Baby way back in the day, and a million other projects, and uh, yeah, really good guy. So, we're going to continue the set here. What do we got? 20 minutes left. Okay, tell you what, let's knock some of these out. Uh, the Transonics coming up next, featuring Patty Davis, who's another uh, Columbia long, long-standing person. Uh, we're going to also work in some Entreat, which is a, a band from a, a long time ago uh, that's not around anymore. Uh, Candy Coffin's going to be in this set. Uh, Tender Lash, I will try to work her in and work that in, and also Minerva. Transonics is an amazing, relatively new band. They've been around for about a year or so. And uh, this is their cover featuring uh, featuring Patty Davis, who's a Columbia uh, mainstay. She's another sort of bubs type character. If you know anything about nightlife around here, you definitely know who Patty is. Here are the transonics with Love is Like Oxygen. Here you go. It's their cover of Sweets. Love is Like Oxygen.
Now, last set, we had uh, Transonics with their cover of uh, Love is Like Oxygen by uh, Sweetest from an album called Lost in Time. And Treat, an old band, fronted by uh, guitarist Marty Fort, who's a mainstay also here in Columbia. If you guys know anything about music in town, you definitely know who Marty Fort is. He's uh, you know been involved in a lot of bands. Uh, so it was an old single they put out uh, back in the early 2000s with a cover of Take on Me. Candy Coffin's in there, uh, Columbia Darlings, uh, with uh, Russian Sleep Test from their new album, Somehow Misplaced. And what you just heard, first time ever, ever played on the show uh, is a brand brand new album by Tenderlash, which is the uh, brainchild of Candy Durant, uh, local Columbia talent, and the track was called Hold Still from a new album called Swill Dark Nights, which you can get on Bandcamp right now, and uh, I definitely will be, whatever re- iteration of this show exists, I definitely will be playing more of uh, Tenderlash on the show for sure. Uh, speaking of that, this is the last one here at the station at WSC for a while, uh, at least until the summer. Uh, I'm working on doing a home edition of Dark Entries Goth Radio. Either way, uh, I will keep you guys updated on all the social and everything. We will never die. We've been buried and resurrected many, many times. This is just one of many of hiatuses. Stay tuned for Death Drive 90.5, the greatest metal show on the radio. Thank you so much for tuning in this entire semester, and as always, keep it spooky.